Welcome to the Mobile App Makers Podcast, the podcast where I interview mobile app creation experts from all disciplines so we can learn from them. Hey, welcome everybody. Today I'd like to welcome Idris Bellamin. He is the founder or co-founder, you'll get to clarify that, at WeOpt. WeOpt is creating groundbreaking digital tools and mobile application for the gaming industry, essentially trying to make it more fun for players and easier for the operators. So welcome, Idris. Do you want to introduce yourself and present uh, we up to a little bit? Thank you. Thank you, Olivier. Yeah. So first of all, thank you, Olivier, for inviting me to your podcast. Okay. And uh, I'll be happy to share our experience. So I'm Idris Bellamy. I'm the co-founder of WeUp, a Monica startup-based company. As you explained, we are a tech company specialized in the gaming industry in general. But now we are focusing in the poker industry, which is... Uh, Sounds a little bit atypical industry for uh, most of the, the mobile development, but uh, this is our main focus. We've been established three years ago in Monaco, and now we are a company of five developers, two co-founders. I co-founded WeOp with uh, Patrick Antonius. He's uh, also one of the top five poker players in the world and uh, the biggest winner in the history of online poker, actually. This is... Uh, a. <laughs> So is he an investor too? Yeah, we are actually uh, investing from our proper funds. So uh, we are our own investors. And uh, yeah. So one of the complicated things when creating a mobile application is building the team, finding the right co-founder. Can you tell us the story of WeOpt from that, from that perspective, from you meeting your co-founder and then growing and hiring people or contractors? I actually don't know which route you went. This was like really a coincidence, I can say. So uh, I've been playing poker myself for fun, but uh, over now, I think eight years or even almost like nine years. And uh, I've been following like videos, etc. And made, like Patrick also, because he's, he's been in TV in United States. He's been playing one of the biggest game and he's, you know, he was kind of influencer in poker. And then I've been uh, in IT industry now for over eight years working mainly in uh, airline industry, consulting, and then I moved for uh, fintech in Monaco. Patrick and I were common friends, also involved in tech industry in Silicon Valley. So uh, I met Patrick through these friends, and uh, we've been exchanging ideas about how poker now is evolving. And at the end, he came up with a smart idea, which poker industry is lacking. It's how to show every poker player who want to play in specific casino or poker room, which game is running. Because currently, if you want to play, you just need to call or and then you ask, okay, do you have this kind of game? And uh, sometimes you don't have the game that you want or sometimes you need to drive physically there to see what's happening. It's really time consuming. And between the moment that you decide to play and the moment that you are getting your seat, it's really big hustle. Especially for regular poker players, professional or semi-professional, they are always looking for freedom. And their time is also important. At the same time, poker is something fun. So if you start hustling before to go and play, it's not any more fun. Yeah, defeat the purpose. Exactly, yeah. So the idea is to create a mobile application that can uh, show in real time, in every single area where you are, what is the games running around you in specific land-based casino. So, of course, we are talking only about licensed, regulated casinos. But there is home games, which is in some countries, they are illegal. But from our perspective, we are just targeting 
the legal aspect because this is safe for players and this is what we want to aim to. And the thing, we started from that. Then uh, we've been discussing this idea, Patrick and I, and uh, I was back in the days a uh, senior business analyst for fintech. And mainly also I worked like as business analyst in the airline and consulting. So I've been kind of thinking about a concept that could be at the same time smart and delivering value for poker players. So uh, we've been kind of, Patrick and I, we took around four months going through Europe to different poker rooms between Czech Republic, Nordic countries, Baltic countries, Italy, Spain, France. That's quite spread. Yeah, exactly. And because the mentality and the social aspect of poker changed from a country to another. And uh, we've been kind of analyzing and I was pretty shocked because I was playing in-house in a way. It means I'm living in south of France and I was mainly playing there. Back in the day, I was in Morocco and I was playing in Morocco. So I know only these two places. I wasn't traveling to play. But I discovered that the poker community is bigger than I was imagining. And especially that this industry is lacking from digital solution. It's a really archaic system where everything is managed by pain and paper. It's funny how it's uh, a good thing to find one of those industries that is slightly behind the curve. Exactly, which is considered as one of the smartest and trickiest industries. But there is money involved, there is marketing, entertainment, but at the end there is no digital thing. So we've been thinking about creating the first social media application dedicated for poker players, which is our first product called Flop App, first land of poker application, mobile application. And this is where, from where everything starts. The main idea, of course, as I've been explaining, is to help players to find games in real time. But, you know, in specific area, players, they want to connect to each other. Uh, we can be friends, but from, I don't know, social aspect or ethical aspect, we don't talk about that. Okay, I'm poker player. Because this is the issue right now, that a lot of Nirolov countries, you consider poker as a gambling game, which is not the case, and which is not actually the message that we want to we want to spread through our uh, business. So poker is a really skilled game. You can think about it as a chess or any other skilled game. Of course, there is money involved and this is what kind of making it a gambling. But the thing is, you are playing against players. So you are not playing against the casino. So you have, it's all about your skills and about your reads, about your strategies, about your decision-making. The fact that poker is like this, it really needs like digital solution that help him in the operational aspect and players could be kind of connected to each other's first, then have a digital solution that's going to show them all the games running around them and then to connect with the poker rooms in easy way. Just in one click, instead of calling, driving miles to find a game and sometimes there is no game and probably you're going to jump to some another game table, you got to lose, don't, then you're going to have bad experience. It's all about building the best experience for poker players since the moment that they want to connect till the moment that they sit down on a table. You've walked us through how you met your co-founder and what is it that you're trying to achieve. Um, how did you go about building the team with employees, contractors? Like Which way did you go and did you run into any issues? So actually we went through now, I can say from our like three, three years of operation, we went through three phases. So the first phase, which is like when we started, we confounded, we we built a company in Monaco. From my connection, I've been working in Sofia Antipolis, which is the first technopole in, in Europe. I built a team from my connections. 
So our CTO, uh, Remy Gilbert, he was my teammate in uh, when back in the days when I was in Soprasteria. He was the lead system architecture. Also, our UX UI designer, Benoit, uh, I've been working with him in, in FinTech. So we started with this team. We added others, people in our team, and uh, we started developing the product. This is how the first team has been constructed. So it, there was all interns. And then we moved to another phase. Of course, you know, in startup, there is a lot of phases. When you start launching your product, you discover that, okay, sometimes that the vision doesn't match with the teams. Some team members, they think, okay, this is not exactly what they are looking for because we have specific budget. We have to play with this budget and especially to make the right decisions at the right moment. And it needs a lot of patience, a lot of motivation and Especially the most thing that I've been seeing is the discipline. From that, you know, there is some team member that can go through this mindset. Others, maybe they can think about it as frustrating one. So everyone has different uh, goals when they join a company. So after that, we, we just figure out that we've been lacking quality what comes to front-end development. And then we went through freelancers, which is to recruit a freelancer with high expertise level. So this is what now we are kind of aiming for. And now we kind of balance in our team 50%, 50%, which is like 50% interns and 50% freelancers. And our strategy regarding this, if our freelancers we see, it, it's a kind of testing. So nobody is losing. We kind of build a relationship with our freelancers. They are also kind of, of getting involved more in our project. They know exactly where they are putting their feet because you know, from the freelancer world, there is a lot of freelancers. They kind of, after, I don't know, five years of freelancer, they're looking for stability. They say, okay, now I'm done with freelancing. I would like to be involved in one project and grow with it and bring my value for a long term. So first of all, before recruiting any freelancer, we want to understand from them if they have this kind of vision in the future. If they want to stay freelancer, it's it's okay. This is also okay if, if they have like the qualities that we are looking for. But the thing is, we are building a relationship with them. We are working together, building something together and how we see our product evolving. Then we're going to decide if they can be fully interned in our company. This is our process and this is what we are kind of aiming for for the coming years. It's kind of a long-term vision of we're going to grow. We need good people so let's kind of have that garden that we're watering with people that we could potentially hire in the future. That's a good strategy. Exactly. Yeah. And so you you said earlier that I think the company has been going on for three years now. And so I'm sure you've met the, oh, we've done that, but it's not done great. And really the right solution is to start again from scratch. Yeah. Have you, did you run to that? And what's your perspective on the effort that's been going on? So yeah, exactly. We've been in this spot, especially when the pandemic came. The pandemic, you know, like I think most of people, they discover during the quarantine period that they have a lot of free time to do a lot of things that they wasn't able to do before. And in a company, I think in also most of the companies, it, it was sometimes the case. And this is part of the flexibility. So we have launched a beta version of uh, our Flop app mobile application in 2019, April 2019. So to test the market, to see exactly how the poker community is going to interact with it and to build a kind of social 
community that's going to engage, share about their poker experience, shares about strategies, about GTO stuff, etc. So we've been kind of growing the community organically. And then, you know, like to get all the data coming from the casinos, we built a SaaS and web application dedicated for poker rooms, which is going to help them. It's called FlopPM. And this is our kind of main product right now. It helps poker room to, first of all, manage their operational tasks that they've been doing manually. We automate a lot of tasks when it comes to the opening, the closing of tables, waiting list management, connecting with new community, and especially open for them a new dimension as a marketplace because FlopPM is fully connected with FlopPM. To make all this happen, of course, it, it requires a lot of business development, getting a lot of poker rooms on board and especially kind of explain to them this new way of functioning. It means there is no anymore place for manual tasks. Everything is automated by a tool. And the only thing now that you have to focus on is how you can use the tool smartly to maximize their, your revenue. This is like the second phase that we've been going through after the beta version launch. Is We've been meeting with poker rooms. We've been kind of pitching our idea at the same time, making some demos, etc. And then, of course, we figure out that there was a lot of issues, especially what's come to front end. And there, like, we decide, okay, now we have issues. We have to kind of bring the app in higher quality. We need to start, go really deep in the technical aspect and to see why we have these behaviors, why, how it should be enhanced to be more performant, etc. So we've been through like a technical phase during 2019 summer till October. It was fully technical development and no new features added. There was a couple one, but really small features. Then beginning of 2020, the most famous year, I think, of the century, <laughs> uh, we started our business development mainly in France. So we had like different process, which is organizing an event because we have also a live event brand. So the Patrick Antonis Poker Challenge and the Flop Cash Game Tour, which is one for tournament and one for cash game. Then we started using our tool during this event as a test version. And we figure out in real life that there is also a lot of issues that we've been kind of didn't thought about it in a way because at the end we've been all, always thinking about the player side, but we forget uh, the poker manager side in a way. So you're saying that you guys did a first version, you rewrote the same thing with maybe a couple extra features. And then when you tested it, you realize, oh, wait, we still missed some stuff and it's not really working that much better than the old one. Exactly. Actually, it was it was working, but there was a lot of issue that create some operational issues in the poker room. It can also create some kind of frustration for the poker rooms and sometimes for the players. And then we said, okay, now we build this project to deliver value for the players and make their journey easy. At the same time, helping the poker rooms to get you know, more automated use to digital solution. And then we said, okay, how are we going to kind of solve this problem? Then we start digging in, in our code, etc. We found a lot of mis misstructure what comes to front-end development, which was you know, our leak back in the days. And then we said, okay, the app, we imagine it like this. Why now we can decide to make it different? We can also, especially that this decision came exactly when the when the quarantine started. 
in March. So we said, okay, all the poker rooms, they are now closed. So our business development is kind of locked. We cannot do anything. We have time now to do what we've been thinking about because we had also thought that we got to rework the app conceptions, the UX part, which is the most important thing I can say in a mobile app. And uh, we start thinking about a new version, which could be the final version to, to launch. So to move from the beta. What's your takeaway from that rewrite that you guys did? And do you have any advice for other SaaS founders that are contemplating rewriting part or all of their project? I think there is, first of all, two aspects to see. The most important thing for each startup is, first of all, is to build a business that can generate revenue. So the revenue is really important for a startup to live, to pay salaries, to pay everything and to grow at the same time. It's all depend on your budget. So if you have the budget, I, I can say that sometimes just, you know, say, okay, all what we build, we're going to put it inside and we're going to start from zero. I think it's not, not even a bad idea in a way if you have enough budget and enough resources that exactly understand why we are doing this. That maybe we didn't build the best product market fit or our code structure, our code quality, it cannot enable us to scale our product. And I think in that moment, starting from scratch is even better than starting kind of changing here and there. At the end, you're going to have, as we say, like this spaghetti plate, <laughs> which is really complicated to, to manage in the future. If you don't have the budget, of course, you got to think, in my opinion, is what could be now the most added value? Of course, I have my product. I have this model. Doesn't work in perfectly, but I have this one how I can make this one better to make me generate value and generate also business value for my company. So it's really don't paint yourself in a corner by investing everything in the rewrite and then realizing that, oh, wait, we don't have any more cash and we can't do anything. Exactly, yeah. So this is really important to, to think about. It's all about your capacities on taking this, which I think, really tough decision to say, okay, we did this, we're going to put it inside and we're going to start from zero. There is also another approach is to say, all what we did is not thrown. We're going to need it, for example, in the future for this specific strategy. This is also a good approach and for every kind of decision maker in a startup is something to say, okay, this is an asset that I built. It's not something that has been thrown. So it's going to, of course, help me to grow my business in the future. But now we're going to start from new bases and build step by step till the right moment to reuse what we've been doing. On a different topic, last time we talked, you mentioned that UX design is really super important. Can you explain as to why you think that is? UX design, I, I think this is the, the beginning and the ending of, of everything, in my opinion. It's not because I was like mainly involved in the conception and the, the UX design with our designers, but we, when you co-found a company and you have technical background, you got to really put your technical background inside and think as end user for who I am building this and why exactly. What is my community? What is my personal? What is my profile? To analyze the psychology of, especially from, as I've been explaining from our side, is poker is different from place to another. In poker community, there is different profile. There is the cash game players. There is the online players. There is tournament players. There is only live players. So all of them, they have different needs 
And they have also one goal, which is like having fun and making money at the same time. I think it's a goal a lot of people have. Yeah, exactly. And especially the time is, is, is really important parameters to consider here. They don't have time to give you a second chance. If they don't like it, they're going to leave and it's going to be difficult to get them back. Yeah, I think I read some stat at some point on app abandonment, and it's really scary how little time a user actually gives your app before they decide, nah, it's not for me. So you have to make a great first impression. Exactly. The first impression is really important, and especially to catch them, to say, okay, the idea is here, but I still don't understand how to use this app. This is the worst scenario, I think, in my opinion, because it's like you're building a relationship. So I love you, but I still don't understand your character. For me, this is like the particular, how UX could be really important in that. So that's why you got to think about the emotional part that can be how you can impact your user and especially how you can deliver for him the value that he is looking for in a really easy way. So if you start thinking technical, kind of copying and passing your database model and pushing it in your app, with a lot of information and stuff, and you think you are building something smart, I think it's it's really, you know, rabbit hole. I really like how what you just said lines up with, I did an interview, I think it was episode four, where I talked with Robbie Ganguly from Attentive, and he was saying, when a user launch your app, do they get that wow moment within the first, you know, 30 seconds? Do they understand what is the value proposition and the value that you add to solving the problem that they have. So I really like what you just said. It really aligns with that. So this is, and I think the UX, this is what brings actually, beside the, the, the experience and how you use the app, this is the third impression what, uh, what brings. You're about to go to the US. You're actually in Dubai. And that's because you are moving to the US to expand We Up on the US market. Can you tell us what kind of challenges that represents to start going in a brand new market, going international? This is, you know, our biggest challenge. The US market, first of all, is our main market. The poker there is nothing compared to Europe from the business side, from the mentality, from everything. It's really popular in the United States and the community is really big. It's kind of really kind of difficult to miss this opportunity. So we are launching our products. Now we are going on the 7th. So that's why we're here. We cannot fly directly from Europe for all the restrictions uh, between airlines, COVID reasons. So yeah, so we're going to US to launch first land of poker. First of all, the app to the poker community in terms of marketing promotion, my co-founder and another poker players in US. And at the same time, pitch about FlopPM to all the poker rooms, physical one. Well, the challenge right now is that if we think about it from uh, the COVID situation, US, they are doing well more than any other country. So all the poker rooms, they are open kind of. And uh, there is, it's still in couple states, there is 50% capacity. But now, for example, if you think about Vegas, uh, about Florida, they are fully open. No plexiglass. Even I heard that in Vegas, they remove the mask, poker rooms. So uh, something coming in California, start from the 15 open. So there is an activity. Even in France now, like the poker rooms, they're going to open on the 9th of June, but they're going to open for a really short time during the day 
which is not the case in US. They are open 24-7. And from a non-COVID perspective, like from a marketing or all the rest, like what's that? What challenge does that bring? So the challenge, first of all, is uh, American market is is a really tough market when it comes to marketing, and especially as European citizen, and uh, you need American people there to help you to grow your. You need the right partner. This is something also that I think a lot of companies they've been experiencing. If you want to success in the United States, you need a really strong American partner or uh, a talent there when it comes to business development, marketing, that will understand the approach that has the American methodology. The attitude also matters, especially in, in the gaming industry. Then on the other side is marketing is really important in the United States. It's something that I can say make bigger impact than, than anything. So it could be on TV, it could be live. In poker, it has really specific marketing approach, completely different from other industries. So our challenge right now is to build relationship, trust as European citizens. So we're coming there to pitch our idea, our solution. Of course, we have Patrick as the main face. He's one of the most famous players in USA. So it helps in a way. But at the end, it's a business approach. It's not about like affection or I like this player or what, but what do you guys bring in? And uh, to be kind of fast on making deals. USA is big and we are targeting all the states. So kind of spending time to move in from place to another, organizing events, pitching your idea, it's kind of really time consuming. So this is the challenge about USA. But once you are there and you put your feet there and you start, I think the machine gets kind of used to work. But I said now, we first of all, we are looking for building a good partnership with local companies. We are running a big TV commercial starting from uh, 5th of July at NBC Sport. Partnership with uh, Triton Poker is the biggest tournament brand. And at the same time, we're going to organize events to engage with community, build community there. We already start from the digital aspect. So our U.S. community is growing. But as I can say, it's really long-term vision, a lot of work, dedication, and especially getting surrounded with the right people there. If my listeners want to learn more about WeOpt and more about your experience, is there somewhere where they can go and follow you or something like that? They can visit our website, firstlandofpoker.com. So WeOpt is the company, with the main brand is Firstland of Poker. Also, they can follow us in social media, in Facebook, in Instagram, at Firstland of Poker. We are posting kind of frequently also poker tips for those who like to play poker and want to learn about poker. I'll have to uh, go check them out. I haven't played poker in a while, so I'm probably very rusty. Well, so who knows? It's, it starts from the first game. <laughs> All right. Well, Idris, thank you very much for joining me on the Mobile App Makers podcast. And hopefully we'll be able to uh, learn more from your experience. You come back from the US, maybe. Exactly. Thank you very much, Olivier. Uh, it was nice talking to you and uh, we'll keep you posted about what we're doing. Perfect. Thank you, Idris. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Mobile App Makers podcast. I'm Olivier Destrebeck. You can find more info on building mobile apps at mobileappmakers.chat.